Good morning, and welcome to Simply Economics. It's Monday, February 12th. On today's show, Germany faces economic challenges due to strikes and structural issues, and America is urged to not let its trade program with Africa die. Plus, we'll discuss the irrational behavior of firms. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Economics. We start off with a look at Germany, the world's fourth largest economy, which is facing a series of challenges as the new year unfolds. Strikes and protests have disrupted transportation networks, highlighting deeper issues within the country's economy. Here to discuss this further is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about the current situation in Germany? Certainly, David. Germany is indeed grappling with a series of challenges. Recent strikes by Lufthansa ground crew, train drivers, and road blockages by farmers have compounded travel chaos. These events underscore the depth of the malaise gripping Germany as it contends with economic headwinds and structural weaknesses. What's the economic outlook for Germany? The economic landscape in Germany presents a mixed picture. Despite being the fourth largest economy globally, Germany experienced a contraction last year, the first since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Forecasts for 2024 aren't optimistic, with the International Monetary Fund predicting sluggish growth. Factors contributing to this downturn include high energy prices, borrowing costs, and weakened demand both domestically and internationally. What are the main challenges facing Germany's economy? The energy crisis catalyzed by Russia's war in Ukraine has exacerbated Germany's industrial woes. Official data revealed a concerning trend of industrial production decline, marking the longest slump on record. However, the challenges extend beyond external shocks. Germany's structural issues encompass labor shortages, bureaucratic red tape, and outdated infrastructure, impeding productivity. What measures are being taken to address these issues? Marcel Fratscher, president of the German Institute for Economic Research, advocates for a fundamental economic transformation. He emphasizes the need to reshape Germany's industry to address long-term challenges. While the government has initiated measures such as incentivizing investment and easing immigration rules, experts argue that more extensive reforms are necessary to navigate the economic overhaul. What about Germany's economic strengths? Despite these challenges, Germany's economic strengths remain undeniable. The country continues to attract foreign investment and boasts a thriving manufacturing sector. Companies like Jungheinrich and Mann Energy Solutions exemplify innovation and adaptation, offering solutions aligned with climate-friendly technologies and global market demands. How is the resilience of German industries being viewed in this context? Karl Heusken, president of Germany's Machinery and Equipment Manufacturers Association, told CNN, emphasizing the resilience of German industries despite challenges. He acknowledges the need for adaptation, but underscores the profound strengths of the country's industrial base. As Germany navigates through economic turbulence, the path to recovery may lie in leveraging its inherent strengths and fostering innovation. Thanks for the insights, Bella. Now, shifting our focus to international trade, there's a growing concern that America's trade program with Africa might be on the brink of extinction. This could have significant implications for both parties involved 
and the global economy at large. Here to delve into this topic is our correspondent Celeste. Can you give us some context on this trade program and why it's so important? Certainly, David. The trade program in question is a key component of America's economic relationship with Africa. It's designed to foster growth and development in Africa by providing preferential access to the American market for certain goods. The concern is that if this program were to end, it could disrupt trade flows and hinder economic development in Africa. What could be the potential effects of exporting surplus agricultural goods on low-income regions of the world? Exporting surplus agricultural goods to low-income regions can have both positive and negative effects. On the positive side, it can help to alleviate food shortages and provide a source of affordable food. However, it can also undermine local agriculture by flooding the market with cheap imports, making it difficult for local farmers to compete. Could you explain what is meant by trade protectionism and some of the measures associated with it? Trade protectionism refers to policies that restrict international trade with the aim of protecting domestic industries from foreign competition. Measures can include tariffs, which are taxes on imported goods, quotas, which limit the quantity of a certain good that can be imported, subsidies for domestic industries, and non-tariff barriers such as regulations and standards that make it harder for foreign goods to enter the market. How does Africa's trade with the U.S. compare to its trade with China? China has surpassed the U.S. as Africa's largest trading partner. This is largely due to China's massive investments in infrastructure projects across the continent, which have boosted trade. However, the U.S. still maintains significant trade ties with Africa, particularly in sectors like oil and gas. In the context of international trade, could you explain the foreign exchange constraint? The foreign exchange constraint refers to the limitation that a country faces in its ability to pay for imports due to a lack of foreign currency. This can be a significant issue for developing countries that rely heavily on imports for essential goods and services. Finally, to what extent does AGOA hands the U.S. a latent advantage in its competition with China? The African Growth and Opportunity Act, AGOA, does give the U.S. a certain advantage. It provides African countries with duty-free access to the U.S. market for certain goods, which can make American products more competitive. However, China's growing influence in Africa, particularly through its infrastructure investments, means that the U.S. will need to do more than just maintain a GOA to stay competitive. Thanks for your insights, Celeste. Now, let's shift our focus to a new topic. Economic models often assume that firms will always behave rationally, making decisions that maximize profit, increase efficiency, or reduce risks. However, recent research suggests that this may not always be the case, particularly in low-income countries. To delve deeper into this, we have our correspondent from Simply Economics, James. Could you tell us more about this research and its findings? Certainly, David. The research in question focused on firm behavior within the context of the Ugandan value-added tax, or VAT system. This system was introduced by the Ugandan government in 2012 with the aim of creating a more transparent and accountable electronic filing system for VAT claims. The system required firms to report all transactions, both sales and purchases, they undertook with other firms. Theoretically, this should have ensured truthful reporting from all firms. And did this system work as expected? Interestingly, the research found that it didn't. 
When the researchers cross-checked the VATE reports of different firms who did business with each other, they found that a staggering 79% of transactions did not balance each month. Correcting these reporting discrepancies could have resulted in an increase in VAT revenue of $384 million, equivalent to 25% of actual VAT revenue and 4% of the total tax collected in Uganda over that period. That's quite a significant discrepancy. What was the cause of this? The majority of these discrepancies were due to the seller reporting a smaller amount than the buyer, which is what you'd expect if either party was trying to evade taxes. However, in 40% of discrepancy cases, the buyer reported a smaller transaction amount than the seller, which was surprising as it would lead to a higher net tax liability for at least one of the firms involved. So were these discrepancies intentional or accidental? The researchers looked into this by examining whether transactions between individual firms were consistent and matched. They found that around 75% of all misreporting was beneficial to the firms involved, reducing the tax they were due to pay. This suggests that many firms were either unaware of the threat of potential fines or prosecution by the tax office, or simply didn't take those threats seriously. And what about the remaining 25%? The remaining 25% of Ugandan firms were acting in a way that was disadvantageous to themselves, suggesting that many were either struggling to understand the regulations or were unable to cope with the additional administrative work that the new system created. What implications do these findings have for policymakers? These results present a dilemma for policymakers who aim to balance efficient and fair revenue collection with minimizing the administrative burden on businesses. It also emphasizes the importance of educating companies about the implications of accurate reporting and the potential consequences of evading taxes. The findings also suggest that future policy implementations should consider investing resources in educating firms about policy implications and benefits, thereby encouraging more rational economic behavior. Thank you, James, for that insightful discussion. Now, Shifting gears to another economic issue, a recent survey by the National Association of Business Economics reveals that only a quarter of business economists and analysts expect the United States to fall into recession this year. However, they foresee that any potential downturn would likely result from an external shock, such as a conflict involving China, rather than domestic economic factors. Here to delve into this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about these findings and their implications? Certainly, David. The survey indicates a shift in expectations from a year ago when most forecasters predicted a recession as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates to combat inflation. The Fed increased its benchmark rate 11 times from March 2022 to July 2023, taking it to the highest level in over two decades. However, the economy continued to grow and employers kept hiring and resisting layoffs despite higher borrowing costs. So, what's the current outlook on inflation? Inflation has fallen from a peak of 9.1% in June 2022 to 3.4% in December. However, respondents to the NAB survey still expect year-over-year -year inflation to exceed 2.5%, above the Federal Reserve's 2% target through 2024. What's the sentiment regarding the Federal Reserve's current policy? The Fed has stopped raising rates and has signaled that it expects to reduce rates three times this year.
However, a growing share of business forecasters, 21% in the NAEP survey, believe that the Fed's policy is too restrictive, up from the 14% who expressed that view in August. Still, 70% say the Fed has it about right. What are the main concerns of these economists and analysts? The respondents are worried about potential conflicts, particularly between China and Taiwan, with 63% considering such an outcome at least a moderate probability. Almost all, 97%, see at least a moderate chance that conflict in the Middle East will drive oil prices above $90 a barrel and disrupt global shipping. Additionally, 85% are worried about political instability in the United States before or after the upcoming presidential election. And what about the U.S. government's fiscal policies? The respondents are increasingly concerned about U.S. government finances. 57% say budget policies need to be more disciplined, up from 54% in August. They believe the most important objectives of government budget policy should be promoting medium to long-term growth and reducing the federal deficit and debts. Reducing income inequality was cited as a goal by only 7% of respondents. That was Simply Economics reporter Michael shedding light on the latest survey by the National Association of Business Economics. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Economics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.